Was that the part I was blowing smoke up your arse? Maiden A to Z, innit? Hello and welcome to Maiden A to Z. With me as always is my co-host Jonathan. Yeah, in the middle of a sip of water right there. Here I am. We also have, uh, if, I, if I recall, the first person who actually wrote to us, that I remember at least, was today's guest, Mr. Paul Corcoran. Hey, thank you guys. Good to be back. A lot was happening around uh, late fall last year. Yeah, uh, when Paul was on telling his maiden story, so I think it deserves like a super quick, super brief uh, yeah. uh, call back to that. I recall it being uh, someone's yard, and there was live after death. You kind of isolated yourself off the group. You looked at it, you got immersed in it, and you became a fan. And this was in in the eighties. Yeah, it was eighty six, I think. Uh, summer eighty six. Um, live after death had come out. Yeah, before my year of birth. Actually, like a few months before I was born. Even <laughs> I was born in October '86, so that was, yeah, I'm glad to remember that. And also, you were on uh, talking about uh, "Hello, be the name," as were a lot of other friends of the pod. And uh, I remember you—you you had a great point about the three stages of grief and how you can sort of follow that in the lyric line of that. So go back and check that out if you missed Paul on that one. I wouldn't blame you if you no. did because there was a lot going on back then. No. But here we are now with a very different setup of songs. Two really yes. short songs from the 90s, nowhere to be seen in set lists, nowhere to be seen on best of albums, nowhere to be seen on live albums, of course, since they're not on set lists. Duh. But mm. yeah, we are in for a couple of deep cuts today. Um, mm. Kind of interesting setup, I think. Um, which songs are, are we going for, Eric? Well, we got first up, we got Judas Be My Guide from Fear of the Dark. Uh, and coming, and the second one is uh, a bit of a uh, rarity. It's an unused song from the X Factor sessions called "Judgment Day." Judgment Day, yeah. It's funny because lately we've been doing a lot of these. We did we did a covers episode, the second one, and then mm. we did the joke songs uh, yep. disguised as Creed A to Z. <laughs> so, by the way, if you didn't check it out because you hate Creed, yeah. it is an actual episode. We talk about seven or eight eight songs by our maiden in that one. Yeah. Yeah, I have to tell. I had to tell a few people that it was actually not, <laughs> yeah. not, not just. Like, I'm not sure. I would have clicked it to be honest. I'm not sure. Like, no. yeah. Yeah. Good April Fool's joke. Yeah. Good fun that one. Yeah. So now my feed <laughs> in Spotify is telling me, "Hey, you want to get back to and listening to your favorite album again? Best of the B sides, because it's been on so much lately in in, yeah. in our discussions here, and uh, that's the case today as well. But not first one in. So the first one is obviously Judas Be My Guide, and uh, yet another Fear of the Dark. Tenth one oh. we're doing. Mm, wow. Yeah. Yeah, we've done 10 songs on that one. And then we got two in the hopper for, for Late Late. Paul, you could kick it off on this one. Uh, if I recall, I'm, I'm wrong about this sometimes, but if I recall, you, you um, mentioned this one as sort of a pick of yours uh, when we discussed which song to come on next. Yeah, um, you know, when we last spoke, I think you were, um, when we last communicated, you, mm. you were, um, uh, what was it? was coming up to the J's anyway, so it was the first one that came to my mind was Judas My Guide. And I thought, you know, it's a strong track of uh, Fear of the Dark, a track I like. So, yeah, mm. I was happy to do this one. Love it. One of the shortest songs, I would add. 
It's in the top 10, I think, of short songs. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, what is it, just three minutes long? Probably one of the, the uh, only song, only Maiden songs I can think of that starts off with that, uh, that uh, solo off the bat. You know, Dave Murray comes straight in. Quite unique there that it comes, you know, comes right at the, at the very front of the track. Well, he does often, but that would be a clean lead type thing, right? Not a solo, an action solo. So you're right about that. I think that's very uncommon. Yeah, it's quite uncommon in music in general. You know, we have some old old Metallica tunes, like uh, No Remorse, for example, that that will occur. But that was like in the days of, you know, them headbanging and just being, you know, kids. This is, yeah, this is a well-aged, uh, well, not well-aged, my age, I think, about <laughs> Dave Murray. And uh, he's coming in with a solo, and it's also really, really, really good solo. Yeah, really, really powerful start to it. I think um, I can think of probably Still Life and Deja Vu. Oh, yeah. But they're more intros. Also, there's that, you know, very maidenly um, harmony bit before the solo, um, where Steve is hammering out those, those uh, bar chords on the bass. That's really cool as well. Enjoy that. And a fantastic single also, uh, sorry, a fantastic solo in the middle, probably one of Murray's best on the album. Oh yeah, so you got this majestic intro at first. It's a very seven song sounding, to my ears anyway. Yeah. It's so good, it's so good. Yeah, right. So yeah, first 30 seconds are done uh, with, you know, half of it being that very nice, majestic intro. It's definitely majestic, mm. right? That's the right adjective oh, yeah. for it, I would say. And then uh, you kick into that solo, which is the smoothness, you know, it is the butter smoothness that Dave can procure. Which in, it's a sound that even Adrian couldn't do, you know. No. Yeah. Definitely that neck neck pickup on a strat, isn't it? Buttery and, you know, you see that, uh, I think it was Greg that said so, the face. The round mouth, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I meant to uh, say at the beginning as well, but your intro to your own show, that uh, when you added in that, uh, that recent guitar lick around ep- episode mm. 50 yeah. um, over your title, I, c- oh, I can just picture Adrian on that big bend, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was happy with that, you know. It's, uh, it's, it's my little thing. And uh, I think it was, I don't know who said that. I th- maybe it was Philip who said that you can see the broad stance in that band <laughs> yeah so yeah thanks for that thanks yeah. for that happy yeah. with that intro i like the old one too but at, at episode 50 it was time to to up the game a little bit for that one yeah for yeah. sure so eric initial reactions on judas my guide maybe from your past would be interesting because i have some yeah i mean i i do i do um remember when i first heard it because if you the dark was one of the first albums i got and I remember at that point, I naively thought, well, of course, they'll play this song live when I see them. How are they not going to play this one? This is amazing. And that was, I was not aware of at that point how many other albums they had and also the fact that they'd never, they'd never touched this song. But it, um, it stood out more to me than, than either of the singles. Um, Even Be Quick or Be Dead, yeah. you say? I, th- I think so, yeah. Back then, yeah. yeah. And I, I really... I really um, it's, yeah, it, it's great. I just... Uh, it's it's just a shame they've never you know busted out live, and it's also you know it's also cool of a rare you know Murray Dickinson collaboration because you don't get Ooh, the, a lot of those. Are there many at all? I think in the latter years you have maybe Rainmaker and uh, Brave New World would be one as well with Harris included though. Possibly still live. I'm not sure. It's Harris Murray, I think. Yeah. 
We also have Chains of Misery on the same album. Um, Is it Murray Dickinson? Yeah. Yeah, I think this actually only during the Fear of the Dark era that they collaborated without Steve. Uh, but, you know, it's a vast discography, uh, so I might have missed something here. Well, yeah, so let's see. Uh, Public uh, Public Enema number number oh, one. great song. Yeah, good track. Yeah. And uh, I think that's it, yeah. Love Dave Murray. Um, I was going to say about my past with this song. I missed it yeah. because it's friggin' hidden. It's the most hidden track ever. It's tucked in between The Apparition and Weekend Warrior. Uh, at yeah. the B-side, <laughs> at, at the tail end of the uh, of the B-side, and then comes Here the Dark after Weekend Warrior, as we know. So... Fear the Dark, I would skip to, because you know that song, obviously, you've seen the band live. And, but I would skip this track most of the times when I was a, a kid, you know. So it, it, when I discovered it, uh, which was ways later, not like you, Eric, I didn't really catch it at first. I was thinking, like, what the hell is going on with this sequencing here? I've said before, I'm a stickler for sequencing. This sequencing yeah, is like, yeah. this is a crime to this song. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Dave, uh, like, it makes it you feel like, uh, like Dave Murray, he's not, but it makes you feel like he would be the George Harrison of, of Iron Maiden. Like, okay, you get this song, but we're going to tuck it in on the way end of the B-side in between shit songs. <laughs> it's a bad deal. It, it is. Yeah. It's right in between two stinkers there of uh, Weekend Warrior and The Apparition, yeah. Yeah. And, and only last week, we're not going to beat a dead horse, but only last week we said that, what if you remove those two songs and use them for B-sides instead of Nodding Donkey Blues and that crap? Uh, yeah. They would have been pretty cool B-sides, The Apparition and Weekend Warrior. Mm. And then you would have a nicely neat single vinyl fear of the dark and at the end you would have of course chains of misery maybe as a bit of a i don't know butt rocker but then after that you get judas my guide to just kind of open your ears before the mm. the anthemic uh, title track and close it yeah yeah so i mean it's such a no-brainer when you look back at it i don't know if steve would agree with me i don't think he would even want to address this but yeah. you know no but yeah it's a shame it, ha it hasn't ever featured live you know i think it would have gone down well mm. um amazing track yeah. i think yeah and uh, those short songs i tend to like them future real invaders this one purgatory uh you know list goes on of these short and sweet good and up-tempo maiden tracks yeah more please you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're just catchy, and uh, you know, it's a little bit kind of like AOR, kind of smooth, you yeah, know, smooth rocker. Yeah, you have those chords in this song. Had a few, made a few notes on the on the sort of mm -hmm. the, the theme of the of the the track, and um, you know it was I think this was kind of around the time of the the Gulf War and stuff like that, and yes, yeah. but um, and we've already that, had that referenced in uh, um, Afraid, uh, Shoot Afraid to Shoot Strangers, yeah. But this one, I think, there's a lot of the, the theme of despair about the way the world is going, and and um, you know the, uh, that everything's up for sale. That hints at the sort mm -hmm. of the van vanity of of mankind and this kind of throwaway society and yeah. uh, waste, wasting stuff. And um, and this was like you know years and years before the internet and social media. And you yep. know, we see nowadays this kind of instant gratification that we have, and, and you know TikTok and whatnot. And you know everyone wants to look really good and 
But uh, I think this was like way, way, way before that. And I think they were seeing this kind of vanity uh, coming through um, and throwaway society. Mm -hmm. So that's coming across like strong in, in the lyrics. So you start off with lights out, which I think is a pretty cool first line, two words, lights out. Yeah. So it's also, you know, harkens back to the album title, of course, Fear of yeah. Dark. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. Lights out, we live in a world of darkness, no doubt, no doubt, everything's up for sale. We sleep as the world is burning, we pray to God for a better deal. Nothing is sacred, back then or now, everything's wasted, is that all there is? Can yeah, I go, go now? now? Even with you just reading it, it becomes apparent that sort of the phrasing of this is this is really cool. It's really coolly phrased, all you know, melody wise, all the way. Agreed. Um, not, yeah. Not the typical Armaiden phrasing. No, because no, Bruce is involved here, so he's he he's kind of writing it as he's going to sing it. Um, yeah. He, yeah. He's not shoehorning in, you know, seventeen different syllables like uh, <laughs> Steve might try to wedge in. Has <laughs> begun. <laughs> 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 Why did you add that in Invaders? Has begun. <laughs> you know, it has, yes. it has begun. We get it. <laughs> I'll have to say that. <laughs> has begun. <laughs> Lights out. We live in a world of darkness. Has begun. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got the chorus. Judas, my guide, whispers in the night. Judas, my guide. Very simple. Mm. And very nice. I don't really know, though, what the title would refer to. Judas was, of course, everyone knows the guy that betrayed Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but how is he the guide uh, and to whom? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess it's the fact that maybe to do with um, we're kind of, you know, selling ourselves short or, or uh, giving away what we what we have it's everything sort of ah yeah so like a sellout throw away yeah because he did get bribed by someone didn't he by 30 pieces of silver yeah, yeah. right oh right oh so mm -hmm. it's about that it's about selling out i think yeah yeah an interesting topic and the 90s was the beginning of what we're in now i would say i mean of course yeah. i was raised in the 90s so it was the beginning of what i'm in now but uh, <laughs> but maybe so what do you think paul with a little bit more years under your belt yeah, I think, uh, you know, that when we see where we are now, um, I think society has become very, very self-absorbed and, you know, it's all about, you know, instant likes and instant hits and, and gratification. And and maybe it was starting to go that way back then, um, you know. You can see also the calculated decisions by, for example, YouTubers uh, that, you know, they add things, cheap things that are kind of below their level. But they add them because you know you get uh, clicks. clicks. Like you, you can have yeah. incredibly musical women, for example, doing reaction channels. But they have to sit with this with their with their boobs out with their boobs out pretty much. And you know, yeah. I know that they're above that, but yeah, they cater to they cater to a crowd that's beneath that uh, in a sense. You know, yeah. I guess that's you know sort of Judas my guide type thing. You know. Yeah, I guess I guess I guess if you can sort of in that situation, even if you're above it, you got to maybe if you appeal to those fucking the lowest common denominator, you can kind of 
you know, the, the people who, who are also above that will still enjoy what you do, but you, you get the kind of bottom feeders as well, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a deal breaker for me. I get past that, no. obviously. It's the content that matters. But yeah. uh, it's a little bit sad, I guess, to see sometimes, you know, especially when it comes to music that, you know, to sell it. Yeah, this has been talked on over and over, but to sell it sometimes you have to do things that to me are a little bit below the, the whole concept. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it does kind of worry me a little bit as I get a bit older to see the kids now, you know, sort of so stuck to their, their phones and to the, you know, to worrying about what people will think of them and, and, and this kind of thing. Um, you know. Yeah, I guess, you know, I was stuck to a Game Boy when I was a kid. It, uh, did worry, yeah. it did worry like my aunts and stuff when we were in the countryside, like, come on, go out in the sun. Uh, so I guess mm. it's normal for kids to be that. But uh, then again, you know, maybe the phone is a bit more powerful or clearly it's a bit more powerful than a Game Boy, you know. Well, I think Fortnite and stuff like that is a lot more powerful than, oh, yeah, than yeah. the Game I worked, Boy. I worked in middle school for a bit. I was teaching <laughs> music and, and, and math and uh, gym class or uh, physical education. In, and uh, yeah, phones were big. Big issues. That was the thing, you know, if they could have their phones, if they could have their phones out, you know, we, we locked them up in the morning. But if yeah, they could, yeah. that, that was it, you know, that was like their ultimate gold in, in their world. Like, oh shit, we can have mm. our phones out. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I have to say I'm quite stuck to mine as well. And, I, you know, I wouldn't like to lose it. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, of course, you, it's very practical, too practical. I feel sometimes like if I lose it, yeah. I lose my camera, I lose my uh, music player, I lose my yeah. phone, context, of course. Yeah. yeah. And I lose a little computer, you know, so yeah. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm, my sort of thing now is I try to do like, um, try to go like at least an hour. Where I just don't don't even touch the damn thing, like so, just in another room, even, um, and, you know that, yeah, just I, I you know, because even though I do a lot of stuff that's not on the phone, if you have, you know, you, you do tend to look at it just because it's there and you're you're used to checking it, yeah. So I just try to just you know have it like, and then you're sucked in, the, you know, you're sucked in yeah. for ten minutes when you don't, you know, you don't actually want to be, you just kind of. Yeah. About four years ago, I put mine on perpetual mute. So unless I ha I'm on call for something, then I might put it on. But, uh, you know, the mute thing works because then I zone out of it. I'm more of a laptop guy as well. Might speak yeah. for my age, you know, that I feel that mm. it's just a better <laughs> workstation. Like yeah. the, the, pho oh, yeah, the yeah. phone is a consumer only computer. Pretty much. You can produce things with it. But for me, the, the laptop is more like I can get into my projects and, and everything, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, going back to the song, um, yes. One thing that does bother me on this is the fact that it's called Judas Be My Guide, when actually that never features in the song at all. It's just Judas My Guide. So that is weird, yeah. Why they had to stick the in there, I don't know. Strange call, yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't really flow very well, Judas Be My Guide. Maybe it's Harris that came in. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the title. Yeah. You got it has <laughs> begun. You just be my guide has begun. <laughs> I want another syllable in there. Yeah. You need more syllables. <laughs> kids love syllables. We need more syllables. <laughs> also, I, I'm not sure if you ever mentioned on any of the other the other uh, Fear of the Dark songs, but um, the um, the uh, production for me, there's a significant lack of bass drum coming through. The snare is kind of like very beefy, uh, metally. Kind of like, uh, I think he was using one of those like big copper uh, framed snare drums, the deep one. Yeah. But but the bass drum itself for me is lacking in the in the whole production right across the yeah. album. You know what? I never noticed that, but you're right. It's true. But I guess it didn't bother me because I didn't notice it. Not really. Yeah. But that's definitely how the mix is balanced. Yeah. Um, 
we're, we're gonna let's play a little bit more of the song because I was wanting to hear that uh, harmony and we didn't. So uh, back to the music for a bit here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the phrasing here is cool. The dum dum hits. Are, and then a very engaging pre-chorus with those snare rolls. And the chorus is also the backing for the solo in the intro. Yeah. Is it double tracked, that chorus and thing? Oh yeah. At least two voices. Yeah. Short, very brief, and then re- right back into the verse also. There's no transition in between. Yeah. So neatly structured. You know, that verse, how long was it? Nine seconds? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. So you hit the second chorus. Davis solo is inspired by the vocal line, I would think. It has to yeah. yeah. Great drive. Ride cymbal is doing the work. That's this oh yeah, that was with the bass chords. The fifths from yeah. fifth and octave. And then you get this little bridge. Mm-hmm. Which is also cool. Little drum roll here. That, that, that. Yeah. Nice. Also super brief that the bridge. Everything is just like on point. Condensed, yeah. And the second solo, of course. Murray again. Cool whammy there. I love the outro. Oh yeah. Ah, cool Phil. Straight back to another chorus. Oh, this is ah, it's so good. It's just three minutes of very good maiden yeah. Yeah. for me. And then we get a, some more leads here. Yeah, filling in with the. Chorus, sort of Smith style. He would normally yes, do that. Yes, yeah, very much Smith style. Which serves as the ending also. What a good song. Loki, my favorite wrong with track. Loki, one of my absolute favorites of the 90s by this band. Yeah, definitely. Easily. Definitely. Easily. Yeah, and good uh, track. Yeah, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, oh, it's almost not even welcome, though, <laughs> by, just by the sequence. <laughs> The sequence of of the album, you know, that's a, that's a bit of a shame. Again, I, I don't think when they when they when they you know, they probably didn't think of those songs as stinkers the way we think of them today. No, no, no. And I no. mean, do you remember this, Paul? In this era when albums got long, the CD era. I mean, I remember some. I was listening to Page uh, Coverdale album it was pretty good. It has a road sign on the front of it. Yes, but Coverdale it's Page too yeah. damn long. It's from a similar era. It's too damn long. It's like, do you remember noticing how, how long albums got? Um, yeah, I mean, Somewhere in Time was pretty long. And then um, Seven Sun was really, really short. It was like about 40 minutes for the whole album, yeah. I think, you know? Um, and then you had No Prayer, which was longish. And this one was even longer. I didn't really think that it was such a bad thing, but... Um, in fact, you could trim 
clear the dock by at least two two trucks. Easily. Yeah, I was and, thinking yeah. a little bit more in general about uh, rock albums at large, you know, as they got longer. Of course, uh, with uh, Power Slave and uh, some, uh, Summer in Time, they really squeezed what you could get in on a single vinyl because they're 50 plus. And then yeah. I, uh, I, my favorite sequencing is Seven Sun. It's 44 minutes. It's, you know, yeah, pretty much perfect. 44 minutes, it is. Perfect sequence. and uh, No waste on that whatsoever. No Prayer is about the same length. It's around 40 minutes. It's also really, it? it's really short, actually. Yeah, It's just not okay. as good. It's also a single vinyl, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I remember because when I started buying albums, uh, some examples uh, were like 78 minutes long, you know. Like I remember yeah, so. some Marilyn Manson albums that I bought in my teenage years and they were also so long like yeah i can't it doesn't really you know stick with me about noticing that them becoming longer at all but um yeah they, they probably have in the age of the cd yeah, also, and then got yeah. slightly shorter again now we talked the past couple of weeks about the new ghost album 44 minutes yeah it's the right length but uh, tobias is a very calculated guy so he he looks at his favorite uh, hard rock from from age, age past or decades past, and uh, models it after that. You know, yeah, uh, I'm yeah. finishing up writing an album now, and we strictly limited it to 44 minutes, 22 per side, which is interesting. It's a bit hard to do, but it also yeah, makes it more fun. It make, for me, it makes it more fun because then you can just yeah. like, is this really needed? Okay, yes, I guess yeah, I could yeah. trim that, you know, and, and try and keep it a nice, cohesive listening experience, you know. Yeah, you got to be qu uh, quite discerning in what what goes and what stays. Mm -hmm. So, um, Eric, you have any final words on this kick-ass track? Not really. I just, uh, I, I don't see it happening, but I really, really, really hope they, they bust it out live at some point. It wouldn't take up any time in the set list, right? But no, same goes I mean, for yeah, like Purgatory, a song I always wanted to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, Purgatory would be great to hear live. Yeah. Although, did they do Purgatory on the... Um, the early days tour. I saw that tour, but I can't remember if they no, did. They didn't. They didn't. No, they didn't. No. But um, but they did it when um. Oh, that very brief tour, uh, when Bruce just had joined the band and when uh, eighty one. Well, metal, metal two thousand one. No, 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 when it was called um, floating. floating, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, all right. Short song, short segment, uh, and praises all around. Yeah, so I think it's fair to say this is going on on the infamous list for sure. I'll put that right on there. Then. Yeah, I'm with that. Yeah, no question for that, about that. You know, uh, definitely could be the best uh, track on the album for me. Um, yeah, mm. I'm there with you too. Mm. Certainly, it's up there with uh, the, the title track. Yeah, the big three would be title track, Afraid You Strangers, and uh, Be Quick or Be Dead for me. But this one, yeah. um, you know, could rival all of those, I would say. I, I think it's better than Be Quick or Be Dead for me. I think it would have made a good single off the bat. I think Eric said mm. so too, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, yeah. yeah. Very refreshing song. Nice listen. Now the ones we have left for this album are Wasting Love and the infamous... Weekend Warrior. Weekend Warrior. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> Long ways to go. It's fun that we tackled 10 tracks of this album, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. It was daunting there for a bit, but, you know, at this point, it feels pretty good. <laughs> On Monday, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? On Monday, I'm weak and worry. 
moving on to a um, slightly different era. Another Murray track, I think. It's uh, Bailey and Gers, actually, this okay, one. Okay, okay. Sounds Murray to me, but Bailey and Gers, okay. Yeah, it sounds very Gers to me. Judgment Day. Yeah, it kind of sounds, for me, a bit, very much like Man on the Edge or um, a bit like The Quicker Be Dead, both which were Gers-involved tracks. That is true. It has that up-tempo. Yeah. I had missed this one completely, so w- when you guys said to me, you know, if I would do this as well as Judas, my guide, I had to start listening to it. I missed it, um, but it's actually a real gem of a find. Um, I, I really enjoy it. Never heard it before. And I think it could have made the cut on um, X Factor above a couple of songs. Mm, definitely. I would say so too. Let's um, play the intro here. Uh, Judgment Day, Iron Maiden. Because uh, I noticed something musically off the bat in this one. Uh, here we go. Judgment Day. <laughs> with this feeling and then into this riff. It's also the chorus actually, just like in Judas My Guide. It's very man on the edge. So the reason I felt that that was Murray is because of this other track that I'm gonna play here. Uh, I briefly featured that back in the drums episode a while back. It's called Rhythm of the Beast. Oh yes, yeah. I used to have that video, that drumming video. Oh, really? Yeah. Very cool. So there's this lick that comes in here that I felt was similar. Well, it's not super similar, but... This one. Yes, yeah. Yeah, similar. Yeah, well spotted. So that's why I figured it might have been a Murray track because he was the guy doing the guitars for, for Rhythm of the Beast project. Yes, yeah. And then they got the, seen that the, video. the brass and all, you know. Yeah, I've seen it's, it. It's on, well, it's on YouTube, you know, I guess. Mm. But. It's a cool one. It's a, it's a recommend for any maiden or drum nerd out there. Yeah. But yeah, back to Judgment Day, Eric. Take it away. Well, yeah, this is also. I, I was first aware of this song when I bought the um, uh, Eddie's Archive box set. Uh, you know, way back in like this has been like two thousand three or th- uh, three or four, I think. And the um, the third disc, the third uh, uh, album, there is a, a collection of uh, B sides, and so this is on there. And there's a brief explanation, you know, what the what they are, various ones, and this one. Um, surprised me because I I liked it so much it, I sort of didn't understand why why didn't they put this on the album because I like what we mentioned there's stuff on the album that is not not as good as this by any stretch of imagination there's stuff on there that this this is this has way more energy and way more oomph than like it, there's at least two or three songs that I think are not as good as this on the album I would agree but there's also that thing about the sequence right and how does it fit in mm-hmm. where would you put it the album has an yeah, I guess has this true. overall slow vibe and feel to it and. Maybe it'd be hard to throw this one in. Uh, maybe Man on the Edge is what they could do, and then sort of mid-tempo yeah. Lord of the Flies and so on. But uh, I agree with you. Uh, it could probably have been there. This one almost has sort of like a, 
a punky almost kind of energy to it. Yeah. And that might be hard to kind of, you know, to get in the to, album to make. Yeah. 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 It's, it's got a good, good driving rhythm to it. And, and, and the, the, the drumming is fantastic on it. You know, I think Nico is doing some fantastic fills here and, and the bass as well. It's got that, especially building up into the chorus. It's got this kind of, uh, again, a bit like, um, falling down that kind of, yeah. you know, yeah. When it yeah. goes really quick. He, I think Nico would have been needing some more of this up, up-tempo stuff to stay inspired uh, in his drumming. Uh, because the Around drumming time. overall on X Factor and Virtual Eleven is not the best drumming. No, no, from, it's from a bit uninspired at times, especually on Virtual Eleven. Yeah, yeah, we we talked about that before. That's yeah, uh, he's like, he's like just you know, it's it a raw one for him. Just a day at the office. Even talk about was it actually Nico on on the album? Who was so pedestrian? Right, I agree. I agree. Mm. He didn't really even put his mark properly on that record. No, more so no. on X Factor then I would say. But X Factor has a lot of these really slow songs. And also yeah. some weird rhythms. Uh, we'll get into the unbeliever, for example. There's really strange rhythms going on, and I think I said it was Tool uh, with a hemorrhage <laughs> or something. <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> Feels a bit like it. So uh, if we lean back into Judgment Day, then uh, we have uh, we talked a little bit about the music here. Uh, lyrically, it seems to be a very clear, uh, clear out message. You know, no, no tell, uh, telltale signs of if a man is good or bad. Basically, you're judged by your by your actions and uh, what will all, what will it all add up to on, on yes. judgment day mm. you know. yeah it's very much a, a kind of a steve harris type kind of theme that's coming through that uh, you know we, we'll all at the end be judged by by our, our, our deeds and uh, and our actions and even though he wasn't involved in the writing of the song um this kind of morality um kind of tension comes across in lots of his songs like the clairvoyant you know time to meet our maker yeah, yeah. Uh, judgment of heaven is waiting for me mm-hmm. um for the greater good of god yeah this kind of thing about you know i'm being judged for what i do on this earth um the sort of like uh, him in self-therapy perhaps you know like yeah uh, uh, trying to add up why am i here type yeah. concept you purpose. Know, mm. purpose and uh, legacy in some way he's getting a little bit older here you know definitely yes, changing yeah. his attitude in the early 90s uh, you know the divorce and all that we addressed before yes that was coming yeah. up wasn't it yeah divorce losing losing uh, bruce losing birch uh, uh, oh yeah of course for this album he was he was going through that divorce yeah or he had just done mm. so maybe yeah. a bit self-therapy is how i read these lyrics uh, do you have them in front of you eric Yes, I do. Um, and there seems to be, uh, you just pick any given spot. This, it seems to be someone very much aware of, you know, that, that time might be running out. Or like, 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 it's kind of thing you kind of maybe get when you, you know, as older you get when you realize, you know, that uh, where death and loss become more of a, like a, you know, a, not an outlandish thing. Other people have to deal with it. And it's a very real sort of thing that you see, you know, that, that, that everyone will have to face at some point. And you get things like, I mean, literally we all get closer to death as we, as we exhale every breath, we all get closer to our death. That seems very, you know, very much like someone very aware of their mortality. Yeah, indeed. And, uh, yeah. 
uh, a little guessing game. Uh, why would you think this was excluded? My guess would be the overall feeling and, and statement of X Factor that uh, it was hard to, to fit in these up-tempo tracks. But it's yeah, that's energy. probably why. Yeah, it might not have gelled with the whole album, I guess. Um, so Steve really didn't partake in writing this, you say? No. Where is it? Girls, Bailey. Bailey oh, and Girls. Okay, so Bailey is, is probably doing the self-therapy. Yeah, he hasn't had many uh, writing credits as far as I can see on the, on the album, has he? Uh, I know that he had a, a fair few in his time in Maiden, but many must have been on uh, Virtual Eleven. I think he had like 10 partial credits or something. Okay, right, yeah. In total, yeah. He was pretty prolific as a writer, actually. Yeah. But uh, fewer, I think, on X Factor, yeah. Especially with this one excluded. Uh, and uh, yeah, we did I Live My Way uh, some ways back, and oh, this God, is yeah. a way better track. Nice. Way better track. It has a little bit of that flavor in... Uh, uh, what is the chorus? That's the verse. On Judgment Day. But yeah, that's better than I live my way. Let's do it for today. It's in a way better flavor of punky, I would guess. Yes. And there's another, There's we're not doing that today, obviously, but there's another, we have another X Factor excluded track that's a, well, I guess we're doing next week, Yeah, right? we are. We are. Next week is going to be an X-Factor track and that track. So That also has a bit of a punky kind of... Yep. Yep. Uh, Justice of the Peace, if you listener want to uh, prepare for the episode, because yeah. Uh, yeah. we do get that most of these songs, uh, these three songs, we get that them, they are not really... Many fans are not familiar with these tracks, basically. Yeah. That's fun. No, I mean, I, I, as I said, I've missed this one completely, but it's actually a good little... A good little find. Rare for Maiden to exclude tracks, uh, that original Maiden tracks that are, you know, to some degree finished uh, as products. It's very rare for, to see the band leave them off. I think the, these three yeah. are pretty much the only case. Yeah, because I, I hadn't li- listened to the best of the B-sides much, so that that's where, I, you know, that's where it was. But, yep. um, you know, I've caught up with it since, but um, I think... Uh, Blaze, Blaze sings quite well on this, and uh, you know he, the chorus is a bit, well, I suppose it it lacks a little bit of something because it doesn't go mm-hmm. much higher than the actual verses. I agree that the chorus is uh, not fulfilling chorusal duties, so to speak. You know. No, no, that, that, no. that's a fair, fair, fair statement. <laughs> weakest part of the song, definitely, and yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. bad when the chorus is the weakest part. That's always bad. You know, it's, uh, mm. it doesn't matter how much of a music nerd uh, I am. Uh, still, if the chorus is important. This, if Bruce was singing on this, he probably would have sort of tried to, you know, get it up into a higher register. Yeah, make yeah. it lift a little bit more. or somewhere else. Yeah, just to kind of give you some relief from that same sort of range that uh, he is kind of throughout the whole song. Right. Um, what are we looking at? Sorry. Continue. Yeah, carry on. 
Uh, no, uh, you can finish the point. Yeah, I was going to move on to a different point, actually, about the, the solos. But okay, in. that was the same thing I was going for. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Great minds and all that. So I was going to say, uh, what happens guitar-wise in this track? Uh, there, there must be a solo, right? Well, there's the, the two, two very good uh, Dave Murray solos, and, and there's a Yannick solo in between, which is kind of stock. Okay. Um, for me, it's one of those kind of boxy Yannick solos that doesn't really go anywhere. But there's a, a merry one before and afterwards. Quick note, I like that little fill-in start. I, I dig that. Danga, 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 danga. Cool way to start the song. Also, this, this these verses based on the chords. It's quite nice. Mm. No riff, you know. And then, yeah, the chorus should, should lift more. Should lift more. Sort of a chorus in two parts, first charging up yeah. and then releasing. We got a verse here again. Little bridge here. Yeah, this part is pretty cool too. Yeah, just a yeah. There's Davey with the wall, firing up the wall. Mm. No prayerish. This part, I like it. Yes, Yannick. Yeah. They actually pan the solos left and right too. Oh yeah, this is standard lick. Yeah, Davey back in again. You will be known. Nice bass playing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Fired up fast. Yeah, the verses are good. And there we go with the chorus, which ends the song. Let's see if there's a bit louder run. Ah, uh, break. Yeah. Ah, neat enough. I think if they'd included more of this kind of stuff. Then the, the you know sort of the the, the X factor might not have been as jarring for some fans because this this sounds this feels more familiar than maybe say I don't know like uh, fortunes fortunes of war stuff like that yeah um, yeah they ended the song with that run again that was cool a cool bookend thing yeah. it's a solid song it's uh, I had sort of missed the solos it's cool that apparently in a Gar's track it's too. Dave solos and he's yeah. just he's just yeah. sandwiched in there and it sounded like Gerst solo was one take literally. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't like rehearsed. It didn't even it's sound like you know. It's not very musical, is it? Nope. No, I mean, <laughs> in his own song, it's a bit strange. Sorry, Yannick. Yeah, not super musical. No, he got into his main lick there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there we go. Boxy. Cool Dave solos. Yeah. Indeed. Packed with action.
<clears throat> so a um, lot yeah. of redeeming facts surrounding this uh, brief little hidden track. But uh, for yeah. me, for me, uh, not a list track for me. I couldn't see no. this uh, like being in competition with the top fifty. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't no, think no, it would no, make no. the list for me. No. It'd be weird. Like we present the final list and Judgment Day is on there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, it's Judgment Day, it's Invaders, Wicked yeah. Warrior. By your list, you will be known. By your list, you will be known <laughs> <laughs> on Judgment Day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, nice to do a couple of shorter tracks. Uh, nice to be a little bit quicker. Uh, we know that uh, Paul wants to get out in the sun and it's still yeah. April, uh, but uh, a little bit of rotation, I think. Yeah. Really yeah. Fun to do. Starting with the guest, of course. Okay. So I've been listening to um, a band from 1989 called Zentrix. Um, songs called Crimes. It's been, just been stuck in my head for the last uh, few weeks. I, I think I saw them support um, Anthrax or somebody way back in, in 1990 in Dublin. Um, and I think they're from Preston. But um, yeah, if, if you get a chance to cut in Crimes by Zentrix... Mm -hmm. Mm, they start sure. with X and end in X. Interesting stuff. I think one of the few um, entries in this uh, segment that I've definitely never heard or even heard of, actually. Have you heard of Xentrix, Eric? I have not. F and they, but from 89, you say? 89. Shattered oh. Existence is the album. Right. That goes in with my current, uh, you know, I'm, I'm currently on 85 till 90, trying yeah. to find... Uh, you know, it's a fun era because, like I told Eric, a lot of bad stuff was getting released. So it's a fun treasure hunt. So I will enjoy yeah. Yeah, enjoy checking it's, out that. It's very kind of, um, you know, of, of its time, a bit like a Testament. Um, okay, cool. A bit of anthrax, you feel, as well. It's really so good rhythmic playing. A bit thrashy, then. Yeah, it's a bit thrashy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a bit like Metallica, kind of Ride the Lightning cool. era. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cold War thrash. Yeah, <laughs> you know, from Preston. Yeah, from Preston. Where is Preston? Yeah. Where is that even? It's uh, north of England, I think. Okay, Yorkshire area, or somewhere up there. I'm not sure exactly, but yeah. There we go. And uh, was that it, or you have another recommendation? And I've just, I've just kind of picked up on uh, Wishbone Ash, um, which mm. I've kind of never really got mm. into, but I th it might have been you guys that were saying it. Um, so I've been listening to a bit of Argus, yeah. which uh, I'm enjoying too. That's a good one. The guitar playing on that's lovely and. They get the vocal harmonies, really enjoying it. Find myself beside a stream of empty thought Like a leaf that's fallen to the ground 
very good sound, very good songs. I also discovered recently that they have a new album out, and it was good. You know, I'm guessing. Right, yeah. I'm guessing it's not the same lineup. Usually, it wouldn't be no. after all those years. But uh, I, I quite liked uh, what I heard of that. Uh, they're touring even playing live yeah yeah but they on stage they look like they look their age you know <laughs> it looks it looks like a bunch of uh, mm. uh, you know after workers coming in switching the suit for a i don't know a rock t-shirt or something and yeah yeah, yeah. Not, not incredibly charismatic <laughs> on stage i would say not incredibly same goes for like blue oyster cult these days when you see them oh, live, yes. it's like they look like a bunch of work uh, office guys you know yeah but uh, <laughs> they, they might be yeah they actually probably you know, besides when they're doing that, they might actually be. <laughs> That's what I feel. <laughs> That's what yeah. I notice. So, uh, yeah. Eric, recent rotation. Um, let's see. Well, um, I've been uh, listening, re-listening to a lot of old uh, Evergrey, uh, sort of getting pumped. For them. There's a new album coming out in a, yep. in a couple of months, uh, and I'm gonna. And I, I just bought tickets to the release party, so that sort of got me. Where is it happening? Because they're a Gothenburgian band, right? Yeah, it's no, it's it's, and they're doing two. They're doing in Gothenburg. Some, some I don't know where it is there, but they're also doing one. Here in Stockholm, at a place called Kristallen, which is a sort of okay. a smaller room in the in the, in the place called Södertjärnten, so it's just a small kind of acoustic oh, deal. That's cool. That could be kind of fun. actually the the bass player these days is a, a younger brother of uh, Christian Niemann, who's friend of the show and you know mm-hmm. guitarist in Infinite Maiden as well. Uh, his brother is a bass player in Evergrey. I don't know since how long. I know he wasn't when I first uh, discovered that band. Well, I remember when we were talking about um, when he was on. You know, when you know that seems like a long time ago now, but when he yeah. was on the first time, episode, he's, only, episode, he's only been on once, episode though, right? four, I think it was really early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at that point, he'd mentioned that um, that you know that, that he uh, we I think I think I was going through an ever great period at that point too because uh, when uh, but uh, he mentioned that he had he had heard the new as as that point yet unreleased album and I was very jealous about that. But. That was another album, right? This is a brand new one. Yeah, they, again. They, they've been they've been going they've been going crazy. Like so they released an album last year and they did another one now. So. I would say I was never into that band. Uh, just didn't like the sound of it. But the new single mm-hmm. "Save Us" I thought was incredibly strong. Actually, uh, the mm-hmm. chorus is one of the best choruses I've heard. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, very they're, very strong chorus. He's a very, uh, very strong. Uh, he, he, you know, they have a Tom England, the vocalist, has a great, great voice. A guitarist as He's well, a, very musically accomplished. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't yeah. get the style really. I'm, I'm not sure if I still get the style, but I will say yeah. that that single, uh, very, very good chorus. Yeah, must check them out. 
so a car is, I would put in the bank for sure. Yeah, they have. They have. I mean, any of the the ones I've been listening to, uh, the the Atlantic is a really good one, and uh, oh, I mean, any any of them really. I, I, but it's mostly like the past like four albums that have really been my right uh, on rotation right now. So I'll include a bit of the Atlantic then. Yeah, do it. For me, what's been on is uh, we talked rotation so recently, so uh, I'm just looking at the pile here. On top of the pile, we have We're an American Band, Grand Funk Railroad. Mm. So let's go with that then. It's a cool record. Uh, yeah. Great drumming there from Don Brewer. Also sings uh, the title track. have heard we're an american band but you know some cowbell action good song yeah very popular at the time yep yep 
Is, is, is it late 70s or? Yeah, it would have been the same as uh, Don't Fear the Reaper. Mm, yeah. Mm. Which is the, obviously the famous Cowbell um, Saturday Night Live sketch. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. It was really funny that on, on Father's Day, uh, one of, I think it was Austin Dickinson, shared a picture from the sketch from Saturday Night Live and said, Happy Father's Day, Dad, <laughs> Christopher, yeah. Christopher Walken, because Christopher Walken's character in that sketch is Bruce Dickinson. Right. All right. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah. Wasn't also Christoph Christoph Walken your your uh, most uh, wished for guest on Made in A to Z? Uh, I, I don't. I think it'd be very. I mean, I don't know what we talk about, but that'd be fun. Yes, <laughs> he could yeah, be the judge know. in the Selig uh, Ford drum off. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Selig yeah. <laughs> v Walker w- Walken. Yeah, Walken. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah. before we, we close it off, I was going to ask you guys your opinion your opinion on cowbell. Because I actually like cowbell. It's a weird ass. I've got a fever, sound. and the only prescription is more cowbell. More cowbell. More cow. Cowbell. Cow cowbell. Yeah. cowbell. Yeah. Okay, so I guess you're fans then too. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, okay, so, I mean, I think I think it's over. Like anything, it was overused. It kind of can get annoying, but yeah. Um, I, I I don't mind it. <laughs> it's like a strong sound. If the ride bell is not belly enough, you go for the yeah. cowbell. I guess. Okay. Um, can I play with madness? Would be the only one I could think of uh, as a maiden tune with one in. Yeah, yeah, and it's very fitting in that song. Drives it, it forward is. a lot. That, that works. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, with more cowbell, I guess we're 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 signing off, Eric. Did um, let's do it like uh, this: uh, first line you, second line me, and then Paul says whatever he wants to say. All right. So <clears throat> up the irons. Skull from the north. And Slauncher from the Channel Islands. Nice. There you go. Well done. <laughs>